First Corinthians 15. Say it again, brother. Huh? Say it again. We're in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. And the problem with the Corinthian church is that they weren't teaching the truth about the resurrection. Neither the resurrection of Christ nor the resurrection of the believer. And so Paul gives us a a breakdown on it that uh, could never be matched again, I don't think. Anyway, so he says, verse 35, some man will say, how are the dead raised up? Well, you know, David said, Lord, I've exercised myself in things that are too high for me. Uh, Solomon said, I am but a child. I know not how to go out nor to come in. And those are men full of wisdom and intelligence, especially spiritual. And uh, they weren't carried away with their own intelligence. They knew their limitations, and they were very, very slim. And ours is the same. Not many people know that, but the Lord will teach you that. But anyway... So somebody always going to ask something like that. Well, where did God come from? If you, if you haven't listened to that, you ought to. You can get it on any uh, internet thing, whatever you call them. Ken Holvine and the two professors. He was debating two prof- three professors. There's three of them on the stage and him. And they were so full of themselves that they were so smart. And that's what one of them asked Ken Hovind. Uh, Two or three questions there. But Ken Hovind gave him an answer. It shut them up. I don't know how many million people have watched that across the world. And it was a tremendous answer. Uh, where did God come from? He said, your problem is, you don't know what God you're talking about. He said, if my two-pound brain could comprehend God, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. He said, time, space, and matter. In the beginning, there's time. God created the heaven and the earth. There's space and there's matter. If you had time but no space, where would you put it? 
If you had matter but no time, when would you put it? He said, that's your problem. You don't know what God you're talking about. Anyway, a little more. And that doesn't take long to watch it. But if you get the chance to look at it, it's worth looking up, isn't it? Absolutely. Have you lost it, Tim? Uh, you, you need to do it. It's, it's, it's real. He, nobody will ever come up with a better answer than what he did there. I don't agree with everything he believes, but boy, I'll tell you what, he knocked it out of the park then, buddy. Anyway, so here's somebody said, well, uh, how are the dead raised up? How did God speak and it was done? I don't know. How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? And then Paul does like Ken Overland brings them down. Thou fool. <laughs> I love it. That which thou sowest is not made alive except it die. That's a seed. Now you, you green thumbers, farmers, you see that every year with those seeds, all right? And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. So when you put that seed of whatever it is, you may not know what seed it is, but it'll let you know when it comes up out of the ground. But when it comes up out of the ground, it will not look anything like what you put in the ground. I tried to get pictures of it, but you got to join something to get a picture. And I ain't joining nothing to get a picture off the internet. I'm not doing it. Anyway, a seed corn. Just off for ear corn. Piece of corn. You put that in the ground. Now, I've already seen some huge corn crops. It's 17, 18 foot tall. Several ears of corn, plus all the blades and the big stalk. You mean that big thing came from that? That's what he's talking about. Now, you got a hundreds, if not thousands, of those same seed corns on that stalk. And they'll bring forth that much more. Uh, it has life within itself, but it's got to die. Who would have thunk it? Who would have ever figured that out beforehand? All oh, these guys can talk about all their stuff. They analyze this and analyze that, but they got something to analyze. What if they didn't have anything to analyze? Big difference. Anyway, but God gives it a body as it pleased him and to every seed his own body. 
All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, animals. It makes everybody at the University of Kentucky that says that we're animals liars. Everybody in the Lexington public school system that tells these little kids that they're animals, it makes them liars. Another of fishes and another of birds. Now I'm going to include chickens and birds. But I know sometimes I bite into a steak and I Tough. You ever bite anyone like that? I have never bitten into a piece of fish that was cooked like that. Now one time down there at Bob Evans, I got a piece of fish that was still frozen. A piece of it was cooked, but I sent it back, of course. But you know, you don't have to be a mental heavyweight to know that there's different kinds of muscle in human beings and animals and fish and birds. You don't have to be a mental heavyweight, but I'll tell you what, the mental heavyweights we've got in this world, they're so stupid, you've got to be special, especially uh, stupid to be that stupid to tell these kids that they're animals. I wish somebody would challenge me on something. There are also celestial bodies. Bodies terrestrial. Celestial is heavenly. And terrestrial. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, Another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. And you know what? I know I'm risking a great deal right now. I have never referred to the sun as a star. I don't believe it's a star. I believe the sun is the sun. I believe the moon is the moon. All the money we spent going to the moon. And yes, I believe they went to the moon. I think it'd be a ignoramus to say they didn't go to the moon. I believe they went to the moon. I don't think you could fake all those pictures. And uh, films and all that. And I don't think those men were liars. Uh, John Glenn and all that bunch of astronauts. I don't believe they're liars. I don't believe they perpetrated a lie. You say, well, the government lies? Yeah, the government lies all the time. But I don't think those guys are liars. Uh, anyway, so the sun and the moon and the stars and the stars differ from one another. Now they tell us they know what the stars are made of. 
Don't they? They can't prove it. They never will be able to prove it. How close is the nearest star? 24 trillion miles? That's the closest one. Now, I don't know how far away Mars is. It's a right good piece. It took that machine sent up there, wasn't it, nine months, traveling 24-7, faster than the speed of a bullet. Oh, and they ain't brought it back. It's still going until it's going to run out of juice or whatever. And they ain't never going to get it back. You want to make a trip? I don't. Anyway, I don't know what stars made out of. Made out of whatever God made them to be made out of. I don't believe that stars created us. That that dude Lawrence somebody in Arizona, big professor, he says we're made of stardust. That's what old uh, 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 billions and billions. Of, uh, what's his name? Sagan. Carl, Carl. That's what he said. We're made of stardust. How do you know? I'm, I know I'm made of dust, but it ain't stardust. Now, go on with this. Let me tell you what, Paul, Paul was pretty sharp on his astrophysics. Verse 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. Well, now look, he's comparing all, everything's got its own body. All right? It is sown in corruption, that's us. It is raised in incorruption. He's not talking about the resurrection of the lost there. Only the resurrection of the just will be raised in incorruption. The opposite of corruption well, what corruption? Well, it don't take long to look at a mirror. And the older you get, the less mirrors you want around. So who's that old codger looking at? It? Oh, that's me. What's happening? Corruption. Aging is a part of the process of corruption. It's sown in corruption, that is, it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. Do you, are, are you getting this? That in our natural states, we are in corruption. And in dishonor. You, you, you ask these nurses that take care of folks that are past going in nursing homes. Can you tell that, this, that there's corruption in this flesh? Can you tell that there's dishonor? Man or woman may be the most honorable person 
humanly speaking. But then when age gets them and all the diseases and all the stuff and takes them down, it's so dishonorable. And that kills a lot of people. That hurts a lot of people. Because they hate that. Well, that's what he's talking about here. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. That is, if it is a child of God. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Mm -mm. Man in his youth, woman in her youth, strong, healthy, dependable, husband, children, and others depend on her. Wife and children depend on the husband and father. He takes care of this one, takes care of that one. They spend their lives taking care of somebody because they're able to. And then one day you look around and you can't do it anymore. Now you've got to be taken care of. You can't do what you used to do. Enjoy what you do now because it won't last forever. It is sown in weakness. I didn't used to have to take a back seat to any man alive in my strength. I do now. But it's raised in power. It is sown in natural body. That's a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Now, I am not an expert on this. But I know that the resurrection body will be a spiritual body. One fellow, Lexington Baptist College, is going to write his thesis on a spiritual body. And you have to go, I had to go to the dean, Brother Brong. They have a faculty council and to write a term, a paper like that, thesis or a dissertation. And he was a guy I thought he knew everything. So he told Brother Brown, I said, Brother Brown, I want to write my thesis or a dissertation on the thesis, what it was, on the spiritual body. Brother Brown said, well, you're probably going to have a hard time finding enough to write on. A couple, three weeks later, he came back. 
Brother Brown, I can't find anything to research. He said, I thought so. Changed the subject. I know there's Dr. Hogjaws out there that knows everything about everything, and they'll tell you everything about a spiritual body. They know it all. They just think they do. <laughs> now, I believe there is such a thing as a spiritual body. And the reason I believe that is because Paul said that. So, for a child of God, it's sown a natural body, that's a fleshly body, and it's raised a spiritual body. Now, you want me to explain that to you? I just told you all I know about it. It is, uh, there is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. Well, I can look at Christ and his resurrection body. That was a spiritual body. So was it a spirit or was it a body? No, it was a spiritual body. <laughs> it wasn't either or, it was, was both. Now, there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, uh, was made a living soul. Look at Genesis 2. Verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. And that's what Paul is referencing here in verse 45. I believe that the apostle Paul believed that the first 11 chapters of Genesis were the absolute word of God. Don't you believe that? Don't have any troubles thinking that Paul doubted Genesis. Anyway, <laughs> the, it is written, where? Genesis 2, verse 7. The first man, Adam. Did you catch that? The first man, Adam. There were no pre-Adamic races, as the liberal liars like to talk about. Adam was the first human being ever. The first Adam was made a living soul. Because God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Now we got some difference here. We got two men. 
the first Adam and the last Adam. Uh, verse 46. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual. No, the physical. But that which is natural and afterward, that which is spiritual. So that's the order. Can't deny that. Well, you talk about the Mormons, you talk about all of these these weird cults. And they've got, well, the Mormons have got so many spirits flying around. You know, they teach that if, if, uh, if these spirits are bad, when they come down to earth, they're black. That's what the Mormon church has taught ever since they've been around. And so they've got all kinds of spirits. But the truth of the matter is, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. All right. Verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. That's literal. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Now I think there's a reason for him using the last Adam. There ain't going to be no more Adams we've got to deal with. Won't ever be another one. He's the last Adam. Uh, Look at Philippians 3 real quick. Verse 21, 20, for our conversation is in heaven, our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. Now, what has he been saying in Corinthians? Corrupt, dishonorable, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. This is all resurrection truth. According to the working whereby he is able even to do all things unto himself. So he's talking about the same thing using a little bit of different terminology. Talking about the same thing. Resurrection truth. All right. So the first man, back in verse 47, is of the earth earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That the second man is the Lord from heaven. I'm going to give this to you in the Greek and see if you recognize anything. I think you will. 
Ho Diderose Anthropos X Aruanu. Aruanu. That's rough. Aruanu. Anybody recognize anything? Huh? Yeah, but the other, there's another word there. Deuteros. We get the word Deuteronomy from it. The second law given of the law the second time. So, uh, the second man, the second man is of the Lord from heaven. All right, so. This first man is of the earth. Look back at Genesis 3.19. God's putting a curse. In the sweat of thy face, not thy brow, but in the sweat of thy face, Shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. That Professor Lawrence Krauss says we're made of stardust. We are made of dust. But you don't go back to a star when you die. You go back to the same dust you came from. That's your physical body. So, let's see, John 3 also says something about that. Thirty-one. He that cometh from above is above all. That's John the Baptist talking about Christ. He that is of the earth is earthly. <laughs> and speaketh of the earth, he that cometh from heaven is above all. Same teaching. We're earthy, earthly. Our physical bodies go back to the dust from which they came. So, verse 48 now. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. We mentioned that in Philippians 3. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now what did God say about, about the man? He was made in the image of God. 
when these lion dogs at University of Kentucky, Transylvania, Eastern, Western, Cincinnati, public schools, Lexington public schools, Fayette County public schools, a bunch of lion dogs, I wish somebody would get mad at me over that. When they show you a history of man, they'll show you a little ring-tailed monkey and then a, a gorilla or a chimpanzee, then a gorilla, then a half-man, half-ape, until they get to a man. We haven't borne the image of an ape. Nothing wrong with apes. Nothing wrong with monkeys. But monkeys aren't human. We have nothing to do with them. They've been lying about this. Well, they've been lying about it a lot longer than Charles Darwin. But Charles Darwin, he said it, he said it really on fire. And they show those images. No, no. I don't know what God looks like. And somehow he says we're, we're made... In God's image. I don't know. I can't explain that to you. Can you, you know anybody, I don't know anybody that can. But I know one thing. This ain't the planet of the apes. Did you ever see that movie? What a lie. Anyway. People believe that garbage. Look at where we are in churches now. As we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot Inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. You're not going to change that. I appreciate all the dermatology labs they've got. A bunch of them. Because you get old, that sun gets you. And you start getting cancers all over. I've had one, two, three already. This flesh is not going to go to heaven. This blood is not going to go to heaven. It cannot inherit heaven. So one word comes into play here. Verse 51. Behold, I shall show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be. There it is. Changed. Now how long is that change going to take? Is it going to be over billions and billions of years? No. In a moment. Do you know what that word is in the Greek? Atomos. Adam. In an atom of time. <laughs> How big's an atom? 
Oh, not very big, Ben. Nobody's ever seen one. Do you know that? Nobody's ever seen an atom. They're that small. So, in a moment, in an atom of time, <laughs> it's pretty fast, isn't it? The twinkling of an eye, that's just a, I don't know how you could determine how long that is, it ain't long at all, at the last trump. There's my eschatological problem. I believe that's there. I know it's there in the original, in the Greek. Last, eschates, the eschates trumpet, the last trumpet. Well, in all of the Bible, there is not a series of trumpet blasts. Now, you've got trumpets in the tabernacle, in Israel, but there's no definite pattern to them. You can't say there's the last one and there's the first one. There's no, no way you can determine that. Except when you get to the revelation. Then you have the seven trumpets. You got seven seals. You got seven thunders. You got seven trumpets. You got seven vials. Seven trumpets. You've got the first trumpet. You've got the second trumpet. You've got the third trumpet. You've got the fourth trumpet. You've got the fifth trumpet. You've got the sixth trumpet. And here's my problem. You've got the seventh trumpet. When will the Lord come? He plainly says at the last trump. So there's my eschatological problem. It has been for years. It still is. Anyway. For the trumpets. So somebody says, oh, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Is that how you interpret the scripture? Just, if, you don't, if you don't understand it, it just doesn't mean anything. I think that's what a lot of people do. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised in corruption. That has to be the saved dead. Because they're raised incorruptible. The lost dead are not raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed, exactly the same word. For this corruptible, this flesh must put on incorruption. And that's what all that change is about. Now those that are already asleep in Jesus, they'll be changed coming out of the grave. But now we who are alive and remain at the second coming, we will meet him in the air and be changed in the air. And so shall we ever be with him. 
But we ain't going without a change. And this mortal, that means we're, we die, must put on immortality that you don't die. You got to put it on in the change. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. So this rotten, decaying flesh puts on incorruption. And this dead body, dying body, puts on eternal life. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. That's Isaiah 25. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Now folks, I've observed it for a long time. When a person dies who has left a testimony of salvation, there's some sadness, but there's also some rejoicing too. When somebody dies and there's no evidence, it's cold and it's weird. Big difference. So he says, death, whereas I sting. I can't help but think because of this, that for a child of God, there isn't any sting in death. I mean, when Stephen was being rocked to sleep, don't you think there was a point there where, the, where his pains stopped? And he's looking at the Lord, standing up to receive him. There's no sting in that death. <laughs> He says, death swallowed up in victory. The victory is the Lord's. Amen. No grave, where is thy victory? Well, when, the, when the, those that sleep in Jesus, when they come up out of the grave, incorruptible, immortal, the grave has not had a victory. The grave is lost. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, you see therefore in the Bible, see what it's there for. My beloved brethren, be you steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What reality, stark reality in here. The world doesn't know this. And they don't want to know it. They don't want you to tell them. They don't want you to tell, tell them how bad they are. 
That's stark reality. But for those who are saved, right in the midst of that stark reality, what glory, what hope, what victory. Let's all stand. May the Lord bless you.